Welcome to the weekly podcast, recorded live at Glory City Church, Brisbane. We hope you are blessed by this week's sermon. Oh Lord, we thank you. Father, I thank you for all your goodness, Lord, your kindness, your mercy. God, we bless you. We say thank you for your great, great, great love for us. In the mighty name of Jesus, everybody said, Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. It's great to see some beautiful people here. Gus and Clarissa, I saw you. Lovely to have you in the house. Hallelujah. And Nicholas, I see you here again. Where it's delightful to see. Hey, I'm going to put you on the spot for a minute because Andre and Shu aren't here. And this is a really cool testimony. Can you come up just for a minute? Come on up for just a minute. I want you to come and tell us. How you got here? Come give him a big hand. It's like his second Friday. <laughs> hey, I just want you to, it was a cool story Andre was telling me. How, tell them how you came to be here last week. Uh, hi everyone. Just forgive me about my English if I made any mistake. I was uh, like a couple of weeks ago, I was riding my bike and I just uh, fell off the bike. And just uh, then just uh, uh, Andre stopped by and helped me with that and asked me if I believe in God and just pray for me at that time. And I just got his, his number. And uh, like last two, week, last two weeks, I just um, was having like a really difficult time. And I just um, sent him a test. Um, uh, I just tried to talk with him and he just told me that he was coming to the church that day, and here I end up. <laughs> oh, and it was amazing. Yeah, I really, I felt like relief about everything. And yeah, I believe that my life's changed at that moment. Isn't that cool? It's so lovely. Andre just saw him, he fell off his, his motorbike, and Andre just went over to help him, and. Um, Praise the Lord, and came across, came over last Friday. Pastor James had a word of knowledge and a word, and then gave your life to Jesus, and you've been here Friday, Sunday, Friday. It's just lovely, lovely to see your smiling face. We love you, Nicholas. Thank you for being so brave. Your English was wonderful. <laughs> Good job, man. Hallelujah. Well, actually, today I also got another testimony. I, I love hearing testimonies of God's goodness and His miraculous power. Actually, Tishan sent me, I, she sent me a picture. Have we got that picture there, Emily? She sent me this picture of this beautiful lady. And she says, uh, she said in the text, Hi, Pastor Catherine, I ran into this lovely lady. Her name's Maria. She was healed of colon cancer when you prayed for her. She says, hi. <laughs> I was like, that's so exciting. Can you ask her if we could share the testimony? She said, yes, yes, she'll get the report, all the reports and she'll come and give a testimony. And I thought, that's so lovely. But it's amazing what happens and you don't always know. You know, and I want to encourage you. Sometimes you pray and you don't hear the testimony, but I tell you, the word of the Lord does not return to him void, but it accomplishes what it's sent forth to do. Amen. So it's always so exciting uh, when we hear the testimonies. And we'd love to hear your testimonies. I know that people are being healed and touched. I got a lovely testimony last Sunday. Um, young woman came up to me and she said, there was a word of knowledge the other Friday night. And you had a word about um, someone who had stomach issues 
and she said that she had a terrible um, gluten intolerance. There was, she'd get really sick if she had any gluten. And she's been completely healed and eating grilled burgers and toast and bread and, and loving life. Hallelujah. So that's a happy thing too. Whether, you know, uh, no matter what, God cares, doesn't he? He cares about every single detail of our lives. And I tell you, we are in such a glorious season. I believe that even as the world is in panic and fear and turmoil, God is smiling and He is moving and the people of God are being revived, hallelujah. Because when darkness covers the earth and deep darkness the peoples, I tell you, God is telling His people to arise and shine for the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. And I've been feeling it myself, a personal, it's, it's, it's sovereign, it's a personal revival where it, where you can feel him moving on your heart. And instead of being, it, it's not a legalism that says, okay, I've got to do this and I've got to make this change and I've got to do that To I've been there with legalism. I've been where religion is a dictator. But, you know, this isn't a legalism that causes you to have a behavior modification, but it's a sovereign love of God, a revelation of God's love that uh, provokes us into heart transformation, where we want to make room for God. And I believe there's a revelation light just being poured out on people's hearts to recognize even the little foxes that have been spoiling the vine, the things that have been cluttering up our minds so that we can have room for the Holy Spirit to move in our hearts, hallelujah, and take us on to, to greater and greater things. Is anyone else feeling that glorious stirring? It's beautiful. And it's a, it, the motivation to wanna make room and make shifts and changes in your own life um, is truly, motivated by a deep desire to taste more of what he is pouring out. Hallelujah. So it's a beautiful thing. I want to read a, um, a, a passage to you, but before I do that, I was just saw a post by Lorna, Lana Vorza, our good friend, and um, from Lamentations 3, and the scripture that um, in verse 21, this I recall to my mind, Therefore, I have hope. The Lord's loving kindnesses indeed never ceases, for his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Like that old song. Uh, they are new every morning, new every morning. Great is your faithfulness, O Lord. Great is thy faithfulness. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning, new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness, O Lord. Great is thy faithfulness. And you know, as I've just been singing that this afternoon after I saw Lana post that scripture, I'm just reminded of the, the incredible patience 
and kindness of God. I remember being struck by the patience of God back when I was just 18, 19 years old. I would walk up and down this hill back and forth from Roman Street Station up to um, uh, Calvin Grove. And I'd write songs about, your patience abounds, oh Lord, because I was just so overwhelmed that he didn't get annoyed with me like, and fed up with me and, and, and have to have timeouts from me. I just couldn't understand it. Why aren't you ticked off, God? Like, I, I keep saying I love you and I wanna spend more time with you and then I don't spend enough time and there you are, you're just happy to see me. And you know, the patience of God, the mercies of God, the kindness of God, His mercies that are new every morning is a revelation that God wants to minister to our hearts that God is kinder than we have ever understood and that his patience is beyond anything you've comprehended and his perseverance. But we shouldn't be surprised because the Bible tells us that God is love and love is patient. It is patience personified. He is patience himself. And love always hopes always believes, love never fails. And this is who he consistently, all my life has manifested himself to me as. And he continually works to help me understand this reality that I am the same, I change not, I am love. He is kindness personified. He is patience personified. He always hopes, he always believes, hallelujah. And his mercies are new every morning. I went out to lunch today with my brother and my father and my son, hallelujah, for my father's birthday today. And um, my brother, we were just doing, playing some connection games, Mark. Yay. And we, I was going around and, and um, but, I asked, I asked them what their favorite movie was, and my brother said, oh, there's this movie, The Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. I went, oh, yeah, I remember that oldie. But um, the title struck me. I, I just think that's, that's a, such a fascinating title, and the, the concept of the movie was that there was, in the future, this medical procedure that you could do to remove a memory of a person that you'd had a bad experience with, and you could just blot them out of your mind. And so it had never existed. The eternal sunshine of a spotless mind. And, uh, you know, in the movie, it didn't actually work very well. But <laughs> this concept is so appealing to people that they could have a mind free from the weights and the pain of the experiences they walk through. But there's really good news for those who believe. You see... In Hebrews chapter eight, verse 12, it tells us that God will be merciful to their unrighteousness and their sins and lawless deeds, I will remember no more. It's such an amazing concept. I will remember no more. I will keep no record of wrongs. That, that sounds like the definition of love. He doesn't keep a record. When you bring your sin to him, you repent and you say, oh, that was terrible, sorry, God. He not only goes, okay, I'll forgive you, 
but I'm going to bank it away in the background to remember not to trust you anymore. He actually has this mechanism that he doesn't even remember it ever again. I will make no mention of past sins nor even recall them, he says. Hallelujah. Happy day. Happy day. This is the good news of the gospel. But I want to talk about what it looks like to live in a state of mind where you are unashamed and unafraid. A place of genuine happiness, of peace. The kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. I've just come back from Korea and our favorite um, actual uh, PhD doctor, has a, he has a doctorate in joy. Genuinely, he is employed by the hospital to work with patients and his therapy is joy therapy. Genuinely sincere, glorious man and he's a, he's a Christian. And he's done all these studies and he's done his PhD in this, in the benefits physically and chemically in the brain of, of being joyful. And he makes them laugh like intentionally, on purpose. Like he'll, he'll get a client on the phone and he'll, he'll say, okay, we're going to laugh for 60 seconds. Ready, set, go. <laughs> and he's done this study that even laughter that is put on and, and forced is super beneficial for your brain, let alone joy that is provoked. And I tell you, when you come into his presence with a faith that believes he is who he says he is, he is the one that makes no mention of your past sins. He is the one who exalts and rejoices over you with singing. This one who loves you more than you can physically, emotionally or spiritually handle who looks at you in such a way that makes you so uncomfortable you can't take anymore, and he says, pray for supernatural strength so you can keep receiving. This God wants you to live in a continuous state of genuine joy. When we have joy happens in our head, endorphins and all sorts of dopamine goes off and, and wonderful things happen. And God's kingdom is righteousness, peace, and joy. Now, this sort of joy, this sort of place of peace comes when we are embracing a lifestyle of righteousness. Not a legalistic righteousness that, that obeys all the rules yet doesn't have an a intimate heart connection because without that, it's just an external conformity. God is looking for people who are motivated by the love of God to walk in His ways. He's looking for a bride who enjoys fellowship with Him, hallelujah. But the way it begins, really, has to begin with repentance. It has to begin with a place where we go, 
I want to live in such a way that if people were to look into my day, I would be unashamed at what they see. And do you know what? The Holy Spirit is here to help that happen. You see, we can, we can quote scripture and I tell you we're gonna as a church we're gonna start memorizing scripture we're gonna we're gonna I'm I'm declaring a Bible revival hallelujah praise the Lord but I tell you as uh, you can quote it if you but if you aren't actually walking it out there is a a thing in your system called the conscience and it will bother you until you repent You see, if you are living in sin and you are claiming righteousness by faith, your conscience is gonna be in the middle going, like an alarm, going off and robbing you of peace. And you can't theoretically make it go away because it is an alarm that says, hey, 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 something is inhabiting our space, our lifestyle that's just not a right fit because you're now a new creation and that sort of behaviour just is dissonant. It doesn't resonate with righteousness, peace and joy and so you, you have this alarm that goes off and it's not meant to be silenced. It's meant to be addressed. Has anyone ever woken up to the alarm and and press the snooze button, and then felt so frustrated that you have to press the thing again. But you know, it'll keep going off as long as you are living in a way that doesn't match the righteousness that God has called you into. And so, you know, things that bruise your conscience, they actually, they put you in this state of of dissonance that that is uncomfortable and causes you to be out of peace. And God wants you to be happy. He wants you to be free. He wants you to be unashamed and unafraid. See, shame is such a nasty thing. When you look at shame throughout Scripture, what shame does is it causes us to hide from God and to be guarded with people because we are afraid of being exposed. But as we come before Him and we repent and we say, God, that was wrong, I shouldn't do that, sorry, and have faith that He receives it, He forgives us, and He remembers it no more, you can walk free without fear and you can lean on the Holy Spirit who is our constant help so that we can walk in the ways of God. You know, it's a, it's a, I like this quote from Randy Clark. He says this, the balance between God's free gift of imputed righteousness and the importance of experiential righteousness has been brought to us through the role of the Holy Spirit. And I think that's so powerful in that we know we are the righteousness of God in Christ, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. The reason I can say I am a Christian is because the blood of Jesus has cleansed me. Thank you, God. I'm clean. I'm free. I'm forgiven. 
But the Holy Spirit is given to help us then walk in what we have been given. Scripture tells us to clothe ourselves with compassion and kindness, humility, gentleness, patience, bear with each other, forgive any grievances you may have against one another, forgive as the Lord forgave you, and over all these virtues put on love which binds them all together in perfect unity. And as we, we read Scriptures like that in the New Testament, God is inviting us to make use of what He has given to us on the banqueting table. Hallelujah. And it's the Holy Spirit who helps us to do that. You know, it's a, it's a little bit like, um, for example, myself. If I, I've found that there's been times when I've, I've with family and, you know, gone to watch something and you start to watch something on Netflix and, your conscience starts to go, I oh, don't think that's good. Oh, don't think it's good. And you can either at that point decide, no, we're not gonna do that anymore. Or you can go, oh, it's okay, it's okay, it's okay. And then you find in your spare time that you're thinking about the plot line, you're thinking about the stuff. And you realize my brain is being filled with something that's not holy and pure and it's not filled with the purposes of God and the things that He could do. Or as you go along and you, uh, and you, be, and you, and you give into it, then you start to, to feel a bit heavy. It's because your conscience is being bruised and it's going off like an alarm that shouldn't be ignored. But when you repent and you go, no, that's not right, I'm not gonna do that. I mean, I remember Trevor and Meredith and I, we all went to see, and Tom, we all went to see a movie. And, but within the first 15 minutes, we just looked at each other and said, no, we gotta walk out. So there's so much swearing, we had no idea. But we, we're like, we can't just sit here. We can't just sit here and, no. It's offending our conscience. And I don't want this being imprinted on my brain because I don't want the memory of these words going through my head. Now, people might say, oh, that's very legalistic and that's very religious. But the truth is, when you are falling in love with Jesus, there are things that, that, that feed that glorious, joyful relationship. And there are things that clutter and hinder. They're called little foxes that spoil the vine of your love. So when we repent and we put that stuff away and we go, no, I'm not having that, sorry God. And by faith, instead of living in the hangover of the guilt, we go, oh, thank you Lord, I'm clean. You don't remember it, hallelujah, I'm clean, I'm forgiven. Then we can walk in this realm of peace and joy. Sometimes, you know, when it's necessary, it's good then also to ask forgiveness if you've hurt someone else or you've been involved in something that you go. I mean, I've, I've had times where, um, you know, I've had, to, I've had to apologize to the kids because they've heard me say something or do something. And I, I, you know, it's really healthy for me to acknowledge, hey, I should not have said that. I'm really sorry. Even though it wasn't about them or to them, I want them to know that was not okay and I'm not gonna cover that up as though that was okay. I wanna stop right now and say, that was not right, I did the wrong thing and I'm sorry you had to see that, I'm sorry you had to hear that. And as we do that, that humility empowers them also to walk in the, the joyful privilege 
of repentance. Hallelujah. Repentance isn't an ugly thing. It's a glorious thing. It's ah, freedom. Hallelujah. Thank God I can get the soap and watch that off. Hallelujah. Marvelous Jesus. You know, the, the role of the Holy Spirit in helping us to do this, though, is the Scripture says that He makes a way of escape in every temptation. He's there to hold our hand and to be our helper. And He wants to lead us and He wants to guide us. And He said, you know, if you're feeling overwhelmed, like you're feeling, I'm having a hard day, I'm having a hard day, I just want to go back to an old pattern or an old habit, the Holy Spirit is there saying, I am here ready to be your strong help, to hold your hand, to lead you through, to show you the way, and I'm gonna be there to help you. He doesn't expect us to do it on our own. But the problem is we often forget that He is right here, ready to help us, to help us to meet our every need, to fill our hearts, to give us the help we need, hallelujah. And then the other thing that can really help us when it comes to repentance is as we repent and we say, acknowledge our sin, oh, that was wrong, sorry. And then we turn from it, we put it away, we make whatever changes need to happen to make sure that that doesn't happen again, hallelujah. And then we ask the Holy Spirit for help. The next thing to do is to be listening to His voice and be obedient because obedience brings blessing every time. His ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. And anything that you say no to that's wrong, He has something infinitely better for you in the very area that the enemy has tried to tempt you. This is the truth. We see this scripturally proven over and over and over again, hallelujah. I want you to turn with me to Psalm 34. This is beautiful. The whole Psalm's delightful. But we'll start at verse four. I sought the Lord and He answered me and delivered me from all my fears. Hooray, this is my testimony. I sought the Lord and He heard me and He delivered me from all my fears. As I, I have the, the testimony that as I've come to the Lord and been honest with Him and said, Lord, help. I'm, I'm afraid of this. This fear is bothering me. Have you ever had a, a fear that just eats away at you? A fear that just keeps trying to pop up and resurface? The Bible says you can seek Him and ask Him for help and He will deliver you from all your fears. There's nothing that the enemy can try and terrify you with that God doesn't wanna bring supernatural comfort to. Peace that passes understanding. Now I remember when I was just young and asking the Lord, deliver me from this fear that I had, that I was afraid. I was just 23 years old, I'd been married three years, and I, I was afraid that my husband might die. Because I thought, wow, I've got someone who's signed a piece of paper to love me till he dies. What happens if he does die? 
And this really started to bother me. So I asked the Holy Spirit for help. And you know, that night, he not only delivered me of that fear, but all of the root cause of that fear. There were so many fears that I didn't even, I wasn't even aware of. And God just did this massive work of freedom and deliverance. He delivered me from all my fears because I asked him for help. If you'll just ask for help, he wants to be more help to you than you could ever even imagine. Hallelujah. Verse five, they looked, at, they looked to him and were radiant. Their faces will never be ashamed. How beautiful. They looked to him and were radiant. They will never be ashamed. Their faces will never be ashamed. When you begin to recognize who God is, that he's the one who delivers me from all my fears. He's the one who is kindness personified. He's the one who is patience personified. He's the one who is perseverance personified. As you hold his hand, the Holy Spirit wants to take you. He wants to lead you. He wants to guide you and he wants to help you. Hallelujah. They looked to him and were radiant. Their faces will never, will never be ashamed. You know, as you look up to him, the reason you don't have to be afraid, the reason you begin to shine is because when you look at him, he's looking back at you with such love that you, it's embarrassing. It'll make you blush. The way he looks at you is intense. Have you ever had someone get right up into your personal space? It's like, he, he has no, he has no thing about personal space. He's just right there in your face. Looking at you with burning eyes of love that's overwhelming and going, oh, too much, too much, God. He says, no, no, no. I wanna give you supernatural strength. Just ask by the Holy Spirit to give you strength so that I can continue to reveal to you how I feel about you. And it is overwhelming. It's why Ephesians 3, 14 to 21 is my favorite life-changing prayer. Because asking Him to give you supernatural strength to know the love of Christ that passes knowledge, the height, the depth, the width, the breadth, the love of Christ is beyond human comprehension that, that you'd be filled up to overflowing, to have a revelation together with all the saints of this incredible, intense love. As you begin to engage and ask for that, he wants to do it. He wants to continually overwhelm you to the point that you are delivered from your fears because perfect love casts out fear. Perfect love casts out fear. And the glorious thing is, as you look into his face with his shining eyes looking back at you, you begin to shine too. You become radiant, hallelujah. Those who look to him are radiant and their faces are never covered with shame. This poor man cried and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. Hallelujah, praise the Lord. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and rescues them. Well, this is better than you're reacting, I tell you. A taste and see that the Lord is good. Oh, blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. 
Oh, fear the Lord, you his saints. For to those who fear him, there is no want. The young lions do lack and suffer hunger, but those who seek the Lord shall not be in want of any good thing. Come, you children, listen to me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. Who is the man that desires long life and loves length of days that he may see good? Pick me. Keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking deceit. Depart from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. Oh, the joy of a clean conscience. Depart from evil and do good. Hallelujah. You know what? If yesterday you were living a life where you were living in sin, today, you can be the person that has a completely clean conscience and be unashamed. That's not fair by human standards, but it is absolutely the justice of God. Which is why he will use someone saved three hours to do a miracle. Because when God takes your sin and gives you his righteousness, that's it. He sees you as holy and as righteous as Jesus. And you have access now to everything. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. First John chapter 2, verse 28 says this. Now little children abide in him so that when he appears, we may have confidence and not shrink away from him in shame at his coming. If you know that he's righteous, you know that everyone also who practices righteousness is born of him. This beautiful term, practice righteousness, that, that Mark coined. I mean, Randy calls it experiential righteousness and Mark talks about in his book about perfect and practiced righteousness. But he who practices righteousness actually puts it into, you know, begins to say, yes, Lord. The Bible says that you, that you can walk with a purity, a freedom, a, a, a sense of being completely unashamed. He tells us that we can have boldness on the day of judgment because as he is, so are we in this world. Even if your life has been full of compromise and sin, when you repent and say, nah, I don't wanna deal with the alarm. I don't wanna deal with trying to live, trying to ignore the alarm going off in my heart. I choose to put that away and to grab a hold of righteousness. When we do that, thank you, Jesus. He sets us free and we get to walk in the glorious joy of supernatural freedom, amen? Hallelujah. You know, I really believe that we are being invited into genuine revival. I can feel it. I can feel it in the air. The Holy Spirit is moving and He is inviting people to turn aside and make room for God. Just like Moses, when he saw the burning bush, he turned aside and then he was commissioned as the Lord spoke to him. I believe as we recognize the beginning 
of what God is doing personally and corporately. And we turn aside, which means changing the path that we were on to make room to give our full attention to what God is doing then there is going to be a commissioning into a way of life that is full of genuine joy, full of genuine righteousness, full of a freedom and a holy confidence that's going to see the people of God work the miraculous wonders that will give glory to His name. You see, I feel like there's been a bit of a slumber where the people of God are like, like those that were in captivity in Babylon, singing by the rivers of Babylon, where we sat down. They were, they, were, they were weeping, they were dreaming of the day that they'd get delivered, the day that they'd see the promises and the prophecies fulfilled. And yet, the people of God, I believe, have been so accustomed to hoping for something that's in the future that there's a danger of not recognizing that suddenly it's actually upon you. That, huh, but wait, we're not ready. Yet we've been preparing for this all our lives, yet we're not ready. And God says, yes, you are. He says, if you'll turn aside and make room for me, I will cause you to walk on the water. If you'll just recognize, you see, when Peter saw Jesus walking on the water, he didn't need to figure out if he was ready for the next level of supernatural breakthrough. It was enough to recognize God is doing something supernatural. I'm gonna give it my full attention, engage with it, and I'm going to step out into it. This is what the Lord is doing right now. For those who have eyes to see, those who have ears to hear, God is already inviting. He's already calling. And if you thought you were gonna have a while to get ready, it's here. The dress rehearsal, there is none. You're on. And it's delightful. And the good news is, he'll get all the glory because you'll know full well, oh, he's so much better than we deserve. He is so much kinder. He is so much more glorious. And as you maintain this posture of, God, you're amazing, you'll watch and see the world see him being amazing through you. Hallelujah. Amen. Father, we say thank you. Holy Spirit, we say thank you for your presence. Now, I do believe the Lord is inviting us into a whole new level and lifestyle of freedom and worship. And this is, this is different. You know, I, I grew up with a whole lot of rules no dancing, no secular music, no nothing, you know. And, um, and, and we, I, I, I obeyed and we, we abided by those rules. They weren't necessarily bad things, but there were so many rules that were based on trying to enforce righteousness instead of relationship 
that compels righteousness. And you see, when it's so different. Religion and legalism does bring about behavior modification that's based on shame and fear and avoiding getting in trouble. Whereas love relationship makes it your joyful delight to think, what more could I do? What shift could I make to let more time, let more of God's fresh breeze of righteousness, peace and joy into the windows of my heart? I believe the Holy Spirit is inviting every one of us into a personal revival that's gonna overflow into a corporate, national, and global revival. Hallelujah. It's begun. Hallelujah. Father, I thank you for your presence. Lord, we give you worship and we say yes. We say yes, Lord. We ask for more. Father, we love you. Now, if you're here tonight and you know in your heart you're not walking with God, there's an invitation. There's an invitation for you to say, yes, tonight's the night. I, I want to get my life right. I don't want to live in compromise. I don't want to, I don't want to live at a distance. I want to surrender my life to Christ. I want to have a line in the sand tonight where I cross the line and say, yes, Lord, I wanna give my life to you. Tom had the opportunity to, to lead someone um, in a rededication just last week. It was so beautiful. But I tell you, God is inviting you to come in and say, yes, Lord, I don't, wanna, I don't wanna muck around anymore. I wanna give my life to you. I wanna surrender. I need you. I want you to be my Lord and my Savior. And when we do that, we come into a, a freedom where he says, I'll never leave you or forsake you. I'll always be there. If that's you, I wanna pray for you. If you say, yes, I need to get my life right with God. I wanna respond to the mercy of God and receive his forgiveness, his salvation. I want tonight to be the night where I make a declaration that I'm gonna give my life to Christ. Just wave your hand at me. I wanna pray with you before we go any further. Is anyone here that says, yes, that's me? Thank you, Jesus. Now, I was thinking earlier today, actually, about something Pastor James said um, years ago. They were, I think they were talking to someone, a, a newly married couple or an engaged couple, and, and asked what marriage advice would they give. And, and James said, you know, if you're having an argument, it's like a tennis match. If there's an argument going on, just drop the bat and run around the other side of the fence. And I was thinking, I thought that's so beautiful. That's the first thing you do is you drop your bat and you run around so that you stop the back and forth and you remind each other, hey, I'm, I'm on your side. And I thought about that today. I thought that's actually how God is. When we feel like he's got to be cranky with us, he's got to be against us. He's actually already dropped the bat and he's on the other side going, I'm on your side. And he's just there, ready to help. And it doesn't seem fair. And praise God, it's not fair by human standards. It's gloriously the justice of Jesus. Praise the Lord. So we're gonna pray for some people tonight. Hallelujah, I'm gonna ask Emily to come and help me. And 
Pastor James and Mark, hallelujah. Maggie, why don't you come and give us a hand? We're gonna pray for some people. Has that helped you tonight? Hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. All right, if we can grab another mic, that'd be great. Thank you for joining us. If you would like to partner with us in spreading the gospel to the nations, you can do so via our website, www.glorycitychurch.com.au. We would love to hear from you. If you have a prayer need, please send us an email at info at glorycitychurch.com.au. We would also love to hear your testimonies. You can email these praise reports to info at glorycitychurch.com.au. God bless.